Welcome to the Hereby Call podcast, where we focus on preparing the called and reminding the returned by sharing life-changing experiences from serving the Lord. Sit back and relax because you're listening to the best podcast of this dispensation. And he's just leading the branch. You know, he comes out all the time with missionaries. He's handing out cards. He asks us, you know, more pass along cards so he can hand them out to people all the time. And then, and then he puts in his papers, he gets his call. And um, when they were setting apart to be an elder, um, I was like nearby, it was like during a activity. So I got to stand in the circle as he was set apart. And it was just so cool for me to be there from, you know, his baptismal interview then to his being set apart as a missionary. That is cool. It's just like so fulfilling to, to see this and to see how much his testimony had grown. And anyway, again, just the gospel really has the power to change people. Welcome back to the Hereby Called podcast, season two. Um, I'm Jordan and aside <laughs> next to me is Zach and our first guest is Daniel Free. How's it going? So it's good. <laughs> he, he's asking the audience. So I, I introduced guests for a while and then I didn't cause I, I didn't have a story about everyone. The funny thing about Daniel, this random story popped up. Um, this is the first time me and Daniel have been filmed together since we were 13 or 14. So you guys were filmed previously? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. So uh, I'm going somewhere. Dan, <laughs> he doesn't Daniel, look like Daniel doesn't, doesn't know where I'm going with this. I don't remember so this. <laughs> it was, we're in junior high, I think. And we were like going to hang out on like a Friday night. And we're, we're all meeting up at Kyle's house and I didn't come. I was late. And so while I was late, you guys made a movie. Oh, that's right. Called Missing the Story of Jordan. Oh, that's right. <laughs> and so Daniel, so I, I died in this movie. And Daniel was carrying around a trash bag that represented my body. That's right. In oh the main gosh. streets of Mesa, right by the church. So <laughs> anyways, that was, that was the last time we were allegedly on film. That is great. Together. I think this is a little bit of an improvement here. <laughs> yeah. But let's, uh, let's jump into this. So Daniel, what made you want to go on a mission? So I come from a really strong family in the gospel. And um, so it was kind of, it wasn't ever like forced upon you, but missions were talked about all the time. And as I saw my older brothers go and other like kids in my quorum go and hearing their letters back, I just knew that it was something I really wanted to do. And, and as I had key experiences growing up about, about my savior and knowing that I wanted to share that with other people. So that was kind of, I don't know, is, is the culture kind of growing up there for me? And, and I, I had started to grow my own testimony and know that that's just something that I, I had that I wanted to share. Nice. So you said you had brothers. You said you had two brothers that went before you? Yeah, two older brothers and then an older sister who also served before oh, wow. me too. Yeah. So you have some good examples. Where did they serve their missions? Yeah. So my oldest brother served in uh, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Okay. And then my next brother served in Denmark, Copenhagen, Denmark. Wow. And my sister served in Lithuania. Oh, wow. wow. Yeah. So here you have stateside and then two foreign, and then it's your turn to turn in your paperwork. What were your expectations? Were you like, super, I want to go foreign or... Yeah. I mean, part of me definitely wanted to go forward. Yeah. So in seminary, every time I'd open it, I'd always been like somewhere in um, like Sweden or, or something like that. So I was like Finland or Sweden. And I thought during the I, missionary I thought, week when you get your yeah, fake like, mission call. That just felt so right. That's that. where I'm going to go. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> no, I, I didn't know for sure. And, I, and I'd kind of thought, okay, two of my siblings have gone foreign. One's gone stateside. Maybe I'll be more stateside. I, I don't know. I was, I was good either way. But. So you're in your family room 
probably surrounded by family. Actually, and not. I was no. at college at the time. Really? Oh. So they, they they sent it up to college, and I was just on Skype oh. with my family. Man, my my brother who was at school still was was at college with me, and then all my ward friends that were there, you know, just on second floor of Heritage Halls. So there you go. <laughs> so you open up your mission call, and you read. The Florida Fort Lauderdale mission. And, and what were your thoughts? Oh my gosh. I, I can't even explain. Like I literally felt tingles all over my body. Like I, I knew right away that this is, this is where it is. And it was, it was such a cool feeling that it, you know, I probably thought I would be disappointed because it was stateside and I thought I wanted to go foreign, but reading that right away, I, I felt something right away that this was, this was right. And I was just really excited. It was, it was foreign enough to me still that it was, it was different. And I, you know, I just felt that that was where, that was where I was supposed to go. So yeah. you've never been to Florida. You had no idea what Fort Lauderdale yeah. was like. Or no, I had, I had no clue. All yeah. the way on the other side of the country. Pretty it, much. That's, that's pretty, that's as foreign like as you can get coming from Arizona yeah. in a desert. Yeah. So you go to Florida and you get off the plane. I, w- w- did you go to Miami or there probably another plane? It was the Fort Lauderdale airport. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, I mean, we stopped in like Houston or something like that on a layover <laughs> Dallas or something. But. So, but what were your like first impressions and like, what did you learn about Florida? Like right in those first minutes? Oh, well, um, Florida is humid and you could feel it. You walk out and you're like, there's something substantial to this air, you know, <laughs> you can like part it. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and then like, you know, there's, there's canals and stuff like that everywhere. And so all of us, you know, are looking, is, is there a gator there? You know, we just, we expected to see alligators yeah. and the assistants had told us, oh yeah, there's, you'll see gators every once in a while. And so we're just like, all of us are keeping our eyes peeled, trying to look for gators and stuff like Did that. Did you see any or were you disappointed? At no, I never saw a gator in the, in the areas I served in. Um, really? Yeah. I, only when I, I got to go up one time just to, on like part of an exchange to go pick up an elder near Lake Okeechobee. And there, they're all over the place in the streets. There's canals and you can see them all the time. But if you were in more of the cities, we didn't get to see them. Wow. Wow. I know. It's disappointing. I just, like, when I think of Florida, I think of gators. They're the Florida gators. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So one of the first people that you meet on your mission is your mission president and his wife, and they be kind of become your adoptive parents for the two years you're on your, or 18 months that you're on your mission. Tell us about your mission president and his wife. Oh man. Well, president and sister Anderson are amazing. They, um, they just taught me so much, like both in like the ways that they interacted, like they were the model couple, you know, to, to model yourself after. And like at the, at your departing, you know, kind of testimony meeting, President Anderson's like, you need to find someone like Sister Anderson. Elder. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and so they, they were always dynamic or working together. Um, they always matched. <laughs> Sister Anderson made sure they always wear matching colors and stuff like that. <laughs> oh, you know, really? She'd pick out his tie. <laughs> <whatever else. laughs> That's um, funny. But she would always start the meeting and, you know, had a powerful testimony and taught us a lot of really important things. Um, and then he would, you know, come in and, and do some amazing trainings. But yeah, learn so much from, from them and their examples. Were there any lessons or like kind of themes that the Andersons taught that you've held on to or that you like, you always remember, like, this is a lesson that they, they had shared? Yeah. Yeah. So one from sister Anderson is she talked about that there's no lucky in this world. She really helped us to see that everything is a blessing from God. If anything good happens, we're blessed. And so she tried to help us change that, you know, like, wow, that's lucky to change that. Wow. We're blessed, you know, and, and just giving God the credit. So that's something I really have appreciated from her. And then a couple of things from President Anderson, um, he always talked about doing what's never been done before. Just really having that kind of faith that, that God is there to help you and to do things that haven't been done before. And, you know, he was instrumental in, in uh, implementing new uh, ways of, of doing missionary work there in Florida. And then, you know, we, we reached these goals and surpassed them throughout the mission time, which was really cool to see. What would be an example of doing things a little bit different? So, um, 
he did this, this method of finding called harvesting where, um, you would go and knock on doors and, and this really worked well in Florida because everybody loves Jesus. You know, uh, so many, yeah. so much of that is in the culture there. And so you say, we are representatives of Jesus Christ. He has sent us here to share his peace and blessings with you. Can we come in and share this blessing? And so we'd go in and we would leave a priesthood blessing in their home. We'd, we'd bless them and their home. That'd be a place of safety oh, wow. and like, kind of like, it's kind of like dedicating, almost like a dedicating a home, yeah. very similar. Um, and it just, anyway, having the priesthood enacted in there, brought the spirit in a way that just was so powerful. People were in tears so many times and then the spirit's there. And so you invite them to be baptized and you have so many people that are ready or that accept the invitation to be baptized right there. And then anyway, just, and then you leave and then you're ready to come back. So they just leave them with that wonderful spirit. That's awesome. And then you can come back and start teaching. And so it was really effective way of, of finding people and of having a powerful spiritual experience right from the beginning. Cool. That is pretty awesome. I remember we did, I, we were on our missions about the same time. I think there was a month different between us and we had the same thing. Yeah. Well, yeah, you would go in and bless Yeah, the house. harvesting homes going in and then huh. modeled it after Alma and his experience yeah. going into Amulek's home and blessing yeah, yeah. home and Amulek was changed. Mm-hmm. Yep. It was, it, was, it was a cool finding thing for sure. Mm-hmm. So kind of, you, you had mentioned that everyone's religious in Florida. Kind of help us understand like what are Florida Floridians? Is that how you say it? Yeah. Yeah. What are Floridites like? (laughs) (laughs) Um, So yeah, there's, I mean, a lot of the people that you end up working with, right, are in the the poorer neighborhoods. And so uh, a lot of African-Americans there. And so a lot of them are kind of like the Baptist kind of style, you know, like, so just, or or non-denominational where they just, they just love Jesus and they're, they know it's good even if their lifestyles don't necessarily reflect that. Um, There's lots of Hispanic influence there too. And so lots of people are Catholic. Um, And then I mean, there's a smattering of other religions too, but those are most of the people that you met were, you know, Baptists or Methodists or those, all those other kind of Presbyterian kind of faiths. Nice. And, and sorry. Go, no, go ahead. So there was a, I served in Rio de Janeiro, Brazil, and there's a lot of, there's a lot of the same thing. There's a lot of different types of, you know, people talk about Jesus, but in six different ways, right? So was there anything like, was it hard teaching people that had, you know, such a love for Jesus Christ where they just accepted whatever you said. Do you get what I'm saying? Like, oh yeah, what you're saying is true because you're talking about Jesus, right? And you're like, no, actually we're talking about like the restored gospel. Yeah. That was something that was, that was key that needed to be there. You know, again, we talked about inviting to baptism and it was perfect because people were feeling the spirit, but a lot of people would get baptized many times, you know, oh yeah, I'll get baptized again. That's great. Yeah. And so helping them realize the what this really means and the importance of it was, was a different thing. So yeah, helping people understand their relationship more with Jesus Christ and, and through his gospel um, was definitely something that was different, but people were very accepting usually, you know, yeah. Hey, you go over there. Oh, it's the church people. It's Jesus yeah. people, you know, <laughs> go sprinkle some holy water on him. You know, he needs it over there. You know? like, <laughs> They're so. pointing at the sinful people. <laughs> the well, it was like everyone doing that to each other. Like, Oh no, man, you need, the, you need the holy water. He needs a whole tub of holy water over there. You know? So anyway, so, we talked about the mission president, one of the first people to meet, and then also serving the mission, you're assigned at a companion, someone that you're with 24 seven. Tell us about some of the companions that you had or the influence that they had on you. Well, it's, I mean, it's hard to, cause you want to talk about all of them, right? My trainer was awesome. He was some of those just kind of like a quiet, do his own thing and do it right. You know, he, he helped me to start my mission right with exact obedience and, and just not worrying about other people's numbers or, you know, trying to compare yourself to others. We were whitewashed into this new area. And so we, and it was kind of a wealthier area. And so we just didn't have the same kind of visible success as others did. Um, but his attitude was just never one of, 
comparing. And anyway, he just really helped set me up really good on that. Awesome. And I feel like whenever like someone says something that's true, I have to like jump on it. The outcome of what other people choose isn't your success. Yeah. Success is you doing what you're supposed to. Yeah. So, and it gets so tough as a missionary to, you know, to let that go out and just forget, you know, comparison. Yeah. yeah. So that's an awesome lesson that he taught you. Um, how did your companions help you grow as a disciple of Jesus Christ? Um, um, th- I mean, they all came at certain stages that were just right. You know, another companion later on that, um, again, was like very strictly obedient and really helped me get back into that about halfway through my mission. Um, and then, uh, a specific elder, um, that I got to spend like six months with. So kind of a long time, right? Yeah. That is a long, as a yeah. missionary, that's kind of a long time. Yeah. That's and, four transfers? Yeah. yeah. It, they were split. We, we had one transfer together and then we were part for our transfer and then we were back together for three more. Finished, oh, wow. our, finished wow. his mission with me. So, um, But he taught me so much about, about confidence and about that way of showing faith that um, if you're just doing your best, then you got to trust that God's going to do the rest. You know, not, not getting stressed or worried when people are making decisions that, you know, you can't control, but just having confidence that God is, is with you. And anyway, that just was really what I needed. It was a way for me to develop and show forth faith better. Um, So confidence learning from him. um, Another companion, another plowman that was the same way, kind of just taught me how to be, how to be bold, but be loving, you know, like how to, I don't know, show these people how really important the gospel is and to be bold about it because this is going to change their life rather than having kind of the seller mentality of like, oh, well, I I don't want to intrude on them or whatever else, but like helping helping me see that this is really so important that it's worth being bold uh, to these people. Yeah. And some of the people that you had mentioned that you want to talk about, or at least we send a questionnaire out. So we kind of know, you know, people that we need to focus on. Is it Artisha? Artisha. Yeah. (laughs) Tell us about Artisha. So she was someone who's, who's down there in in the hood, you know, in the, in the, in the ghettos there. And, um, but it was just so cool. One of my favorite experiences with her is just that as we went by there daily, we, in my mission, we tried to have daily contact with your investors through short, you know, like 10, 15 minute lessons, but like just daily contact. And, um, just because of her circumstances, how everything was very much, um, in a world of sin kind of around her, but then seeing as she read the scriptures, you know, she was so excited to see us because she felt peace. Like peace was the thing that she wanted and to see the gospel bring that to her. You know, she was asking for three or four copies of the Book of Mormon to give to her friends or kids, wow. you know, and, mm-hmm. and just seeing that was really a cool, stark difference between those two things of the chaos of the world and then the peace that she felt when choosing to accept the gospel of Jesus Christ. And it's just, there's just something that you just, I just loved her. You know, you're just like, <laughs> so excited to go see her. So she'd see you down the way, like, elders, you know, like, audition. anyway, she just, she'd have us do this. She's like, you guys can do some pushups for me or whatever else. You know? so she, she was just, we just had this fun relationship where we were good friends. Yeah. And, um, I think that's very important. Uh, as missionaries, we've talked about it. You can get kind of robotic, yeah. you know? And the one thing that I always talked about was like, you just got to be a friend, right? You got to be friendly. You have to be approachable. And again, the relationship that you had with Artisha was a, f- a friendly one rather than like a business one. I'm here to, s- I'm here for your salvation. You yeah. know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. I feel like that happens a lot, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Is, is elders getting this robotic kind of like, I'm here to do one thing and one thing only, and that's to save souls. Yeah. Right. And you got to be a person. Yeah. And that's the hard thing too about these relationships because she didn't end up progressing and she, she dropped us and it's hard as a missionary because you have, you have to be vulnerable, open up yourself to make these friends. Mm-hmm. But that means sometimes that you're going to be hurt. And I just remember like hurting so bad, knowing that 
we couldn't, we wouldn't be able to go and see her anymore. And that, you know, like we still, I still trust and feel that, you know, she'll have another chance, you know, Mm -hmm. but to, to feel that friendship, to know that that friendship's over for now. And anyway, it just really hurts as a missionary dad have to see those people go, the others come through, you know, and it's, it's really joyful too. I think it's, that is also very important, you know, that you bring that up is there's a lot of pain, I guess, in being a missionary. Yeah. Just the vulnerability. Yeah. You, you know, to care about people you're praying about them. You're reading scriptures for their yeah. benefit. Like how can Every I help day, teach you know? them better? Yeah. And you know, what's awesome is that, that, that would happen on my mission from time to time. But the one thing that towards the end of my mission, I started realizing that no matter what her outcome is throughout the rest of her life, her interaction with the church was a very positive one. You guys were very good examples, you know, and the peace that she felt, she can't deny that. Right. So if that means, you know, 10 or 15 years when things calm down a little bit, she sees those guys with the white shirt and ties coming. She says, Hey, do some pushups for me. You know, (laughs) (laughs) you know, that, that, that friendship is rekindled and all of a sudden, you know, there she's ready to go. You know, I, I think it's so hard as a missionary, uh, to, to see the chess. What did I say last time? Uh, you feel like a lot of times as a missionary, you're just the chess piece, right? Mm-hmm. When, when you look, take a, take a step back and you look at the whole board, it's like, Oh, I was just, I'm just this one little, this one little pawn in this whole grand plan that heavenly father has for his children. Yeah. So sometimes it's hard to just, it's hard in the moment, but when you take a step back and say, hey, interactions that that one individual had with the church were so positive that nobody can deny and down the road, something might happen. So tell us about, is it Jarmesia? Jarmesia. Did I <laughs> yeah. get it right? Yeah. Get it. Oh man. You tried on that one. Yeah, I'm trying. Jarmesia if you're that watching was, That was like me saying pain. I was like, pain. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, her story was also just amazing, amazing, a wonderful person. She ended up getting baptized too. And the way that we got in contact with her. So I was in a YSA area at the time. So nice. we depended a lot on referrals from other missionaries. Is there YSA funding. just for those who aren't familiar, yeah. young single adult. So these are people that aren't married that maybe are, might probably be living at home still or are out maybe in college or working. Yeah. I've started. Yeah. And so anyway, we get this call, you know, a voicemail from these elders and, um, and on it, it's this lady, it's a lady. And she says, hi, my name's Jermesia. I want to get baptized and I'm going to need your help. <laughs> like, like elders, you got to call this like, lady. This is so a great call. You know, like, 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 what? <laughs> this you know? is crazy. So we get in contact with her. And again, just an amazing story where she in, in kind of the slums, but just feels the change of the gospel in her life and, and in the lives of her kids. And anyway, she, she goes through the progress and, and makes the steps to get baptized. And it was just, anyway, I just, I guess for her, I just felt so much that a lot of the blessings you see as a missionary aren't often the direct um, benefits of your work. <laughs> you know, like we, she was found by someone else and it was just a blessing that dropped into our lap. But, you know, we were trying our best, especially as YSA, as yeah, YSA missionaries, you relied so much on the referrals of others. And so you did your part, you know, looking for, for YSA people and you did your part in referring the people that you found mm-hmm. to the missionaries that, you know, they belong to. Um, but it was so cool to see God really come through and, and leave blessings in your lap as you did your part. So, awesome. so what was it that made her pick up the phone and like call you? There had to have been like a, a part A to that part B. Well, these missionaries had found her doing this harvesting thing, right? So they'd gone in, they'd left this prayer and this blessing and, and she just really felt the spirit and really wanted to change. And I don't know how they convinced her to, to leave the voicemail on our, on our phone, but they were just like, elders, you need to come and talk to us. <laughs> She's so cool, you know? <laughs> but, so. Yeah, again, there, that's a perfect example of like, the whole harvesting mentality, right? It's other missionaries planted that seed and then yeah. other yeah. missionaries came and watered it until 
watered it, literally got baptized. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it it's tough. You kind of talked about it earlier on where your trainer didn't want you comparing yourself to other missionaries. Mm-hmm. And so when you're in a situation where sometimes missionaries overlap areas, it sounds like that was kind of what was going on. And one like area that like you're in the same area and they're teaching more people and you're like, man, like I, I'd like to be teaching people. And I think that's where it comes down to the, the team Jesus mentality. Yeah, <laughs> I knew like, you were going to say if, it, if it's <laughs> moving the right direction, yeah. like just be grateful, yeah. you know? Totally. Um, tell us about brother Davison. So brother Davison was, um, a member that was kind of a key strength to me. I was in this area that was a little bit wealthier. And so it's harder to find people to teach. People don't have, you know, they're just more comfortable in their life. And so I don't feel there's a need to change. Yeah. Um, and so, but because of that, there's often, there were some stronger members there too, you know, wealthy members and, um, and it doesn't matter if they're wealthy or not, but brother Davison was someone that, um, he just had a love for missionaries. He always called us the sons he never had. Um, he was this older man. He'd served his like whole life in the Navy. So he had all these crazy stories to talk about. Um, but he just, a couple years before we got there, he'd really, um, change his life around, come back to the church and, and, um, was just really having these, uh, you know, he just really wanted to serve kind of as his way of showing God his love. And I just developed this really strong relationship with him. Um, he would serve us lunch every Wednesday. He would come out to teach with us. Um, he would just serve us in any way he could. And, um, so he did stuff with like ham radio and, and, you know, oh, cool. cassette tapes that he loved to record that kind of stuff. And so he, on my mission or after I left, he'd sent me this cassette tape of his testimony of Joseph Smith, which was amazing, powerful, as well as a very sacred experience he had about his, his uh, deceased wife that he'd have of seeing, seeing kind of her in the spirit world and knowing that she was okay. And anyway, just have this, anyway, he was just that strength for me that in the time when I didn't have a lot of investigators to kind of reciprocate love, you know, we got a lot of rejection to have someone that was excited to see you, that loved you, that served you. And we tried to serve him too, of course, but just having someone, anyway, as a mission, it's, it's so refreshing to have a member come and say, yes. elders, like have someone excited <laughs> to see you yeah. to, to, do, to do anything for you. So that's he was awesome. a really strength for me in that. That's awesome. And that's, that's another thing we talked about or that we're talking about, like things that you didn't expect going on your mission. You probably didn't expect your mission present to have this huge influence in his wife on, on you, you know, maybe some companions, but especially the members, like I had no idea how big of a strength that they would be to me. And it sounds like brother Davidson was just this awesome pillar for you to lean on. Yeah. Um, okay. This next Nika and Sabrina. Yeah. Yeah. Man. You're putting me through the ring girl, <laughs> the names and the spelling, but no, we got that's it. Good. So these, these wonderful uh, sisters are examples to me of um, kind of being able to see the picture farther on. So Nika was someone that me and my, my companion taught and uh, she progressed a lot. She made some good friends in the ward, but she ended up deciding to get baptized while I was in the area. And, um, you know, and so, you know, eventually you kind of just try and move on. But a couple of years down the road, I get an email from, you know, the, the missionary one, the Nika dot, you know, her last name at, oh. and I was like, when she's like, guess what? I'm on a mission now. Like, that's all awesome. all this. And it's like, what? <laughs> what? You know, and, and it's just so cool to hear her experience and, and that she remembered me, that she remembered our testimonies and that it made a difference to her. Cause it's easy to think, oh, they didn't get baptized. You know, they just, they're going to forget us or yeah. whatever, but she remembered and it, you know, that's the friends awesome. she had, they, they kept, they kept the members of the ward kept good contact with her and helped her. And she, she was get baptized and it was now like, amazing, you know, serving a mission. And it was just cool to me to see like the long-term effects, you know, just to realize that, you know, it's not, it's not all about the baptism you get right now. The people that you teach that didn't get baptized, 
um, you know, they had an influence on you and you had an influence on them and that influence isn't just going to go away. It's, it's going to last. Yeah. And you have no idea. Yeah. But that's cool that you got to see just a little, yeah. little glimpse of what that, how did she find you? Like Facebook or yeah, something Facebook, like that? Yeah. Through Facebook, through Messenger, she'd found me. And that's then, insane. Yeah. <laughs> and then you, you've got a picture here with the, this guy. It looks like he's got a mission call. Yeah. Well, let me finish with Sabrina first. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. So Sabrina as well was someone that um, her mom was- This clean. is Nika's sister? No, these are two separate people. Oh, okay. They, similar thing in that uh, Sabrina was someone that we taught. She ended up getting baptized. She was, her mom was a returning member. And so she hadn't been baptized before. And so, you know, cool experiences with her, helping her to, to choose to make that step. Um, but then a couple of years after that, one of my companions got married in the Fort Lauderdale Temple. So I could come back and visit briefly and I got to visit them. And just to see that the amount of growth that she had made in that short amount of time- was huge. Like she was also like, and she's on a mission now, <laughs> Wow! but just that she was talk, telling me stories about, Oh yeah, I was on this bus and people were you know talking bad about the church. And I stood up and was like, no, this is true. And like, <laughs> and I yelled at all of them. <laughs> <laughs> just to see again, the influence that, you know, the, the small amount that I did, which was, which felt very small, you know, she was very prepared. She, she was coming to the church and again, she had really great friends in the board who really did most of the helping her to learn, but just that the little bits that you do, really can grow into such something beautiful and to see the change in her, the confidence that I'd seen in her and now that her desire to go and serve. And anyway, it was just a, a beautiful thing to see. Wow. Mentioning the temple. I, I think I told this to you guys a little bit before, but um, the cool miracle is that as they, in the dedicatory prayer, they'd promised that there would be no weather that would, uh, uh, what would that stop the, the construction of the temple. And those, you know, three or so years that it was being constructed, there was no hurricanes, no major hurricanes there wow. in, in Florida. There's like, 50 hurricanes this year, 2020. Right. It looks like you said sandstone. Yeah. It looks like almost like kind of a, a creamy, pink. Yeah. yeah pink a, like I guess this one is when the sun's going down. So it looks pink. That's, that's really cool. Or just looking temple. Yeah. Yeah. And have you, have you been back to the mission or? Yeah. So I got to go back. My companion got, got sealed there. Oh yeah. So duh. yeah. He met this girl like, um, yeah, back out here in the West, but then they got married over there. So that was super cool. That is cool. So I got to go back there, do a, do an endowment there. I was like, it was a small, it's a smaller temple. So I was like, I was the only person there. You know, like, <laughs> That's cool. Being there for the ceiling was awesome. That so, is awesome. Yeah. It looks really beautiful. Got a lot of palm trees. <laughs> and then the, the, the guy with the mission yeah. call looks like he's yeah. holding. So this is Matt and um, his story was, it was, it was so cool. Again, just kind of seeing the progression. So I was a district leader for the YSA sisters at the time um, and they were teaching him. And so I, I got to do his baptismal interview and, did, you know, he was kind of nervous, you know, like, Oh, am I, am I really ready? And, you know, just kind of feeling those kind of feelings, but he, he was totally ready and he got baptized. And then a year later, I'm in that area now as a YSA elder and he's just leading the branch. You know, he comes out all the time with missionaries. He's handing out cards. He asks us, you know, more pass along cards so he can hand them out to people all the time. And then, and then he's puts in his papers, he gets his call. And, um, when they were setting apart to be an elder, um, I was like nearby, it was like during a activity and they're like, Elder Fruit, you were there. Would you like to participate in a setting apart? And so I got to stand in the circle as he was set apart. And it was just so cool for me to be there from, you know, his baptismal interview then to his being set apart as a missionary. That is cool. It's just like so fulfilling to, to see this and to see how much his testimony had grown. And anyway, again, just the gospel really has the power to change people. Yes, for yes. sure. <laughs> that sounds like the theme of this this, <laughs> this conversation. This conversation. Where did yeah. where did he end up going? Do you remember? Uh, yeah, he was in um, uh, is it Louisville uh, or um, Louisville, Kentucky? No, not sorry, not Kentucky. It was Indianapolis. Sorry, he was in. I think he was in Indianapolis. Okay. So it's close. 
It's just north of Kentucky. Yeah, so, you're good. Anyway, that's again. You think about Domino's, right? And now you being a part of the very beginning of that, then dedicate or you know setting him apart as an elder, and then all the people that he taught on his mission. It's again, it's amazing the the big picture. Yeah. So you talked about the miracle of no hurricanes to stop the temple construction, which is a miracle. Like I don't yeah. think. I, I lived in Mississippi. There was a hurricane that came from Mississippi when I was there. Was I, I just remember like always on the TV, something's hitting Florida but, or yeah. something. Like the, the three years of not being hit in that area is amazing. Were there any other miracles that you got to witness on, on your mission that you'd feel comfortable speaking about? Or you mentioned a fire exchange miracle and I'm not sure what you mean by that. Oh yeah. Um, a fire sounds exciting. Is that yeah. em- <laughs> emergency transfer no, or so, like a fire fire? No, it was a, it was a term that our mission came up with. So, um, when I had a chance to serve in leadership, um, sometimes what you do, instead of doing like a full day exchange, you do like short, like one or two or three hour exchanges. Oh, okay. So you, you like get dropped off with these other missions. And so you can kind of affect more people in a, in a quick way. You get blindfolded. <laughs> Here you go. Um, Spun around 20 times. <laughs> But I just had a really amazing experience with this one elder who was, who was struggling at the time or we'd, we'd heard that maybe there's some issues that he had with obedience or whatever else, just, just getting into the, the, f- the feel of missionary work and really seeing the, the full vision of it. And um, so like we, you know, I get dropped off with him and then the others, you know, drive away. And so, you know, we have a prayer to start our, our thing. And, and you know, I, I didn't, I never felt like I was like the top missionary, but I, I tried my best, you know, and, and so we'd really pray that God would bless us with miracles and just, you know, right after a prayer, there's someone there. So, oh, let's go talk to him. You know, we, we talk to everybody. So we go talk to this man. We, we say a prayer with him and he accepts to be baptized. And the sailor's like, whoa. You know, and then we, we go, we like have like three more experiences of where people are just really accepting of the gospel. And then we go and teach their, their like one plan lesson they had during this, this short time we had together. And this person was like on the fence about, you know, getting ready for baptism. Anyway, so we, we had, as part of it, we had a prayer. He kneeled down and said a prayer and the spirit was so strong, you know, so you're just like, how did you feel? It's like, man, I felt good. What is, what's that spirit telling you? It's like, then I need to be baptized. Yeah. You know, totally. So, and his friend had come in during that time. He's like, I like this too. And so had a prayer with a friend and the friend felt it too. And the friend says, yeah, I'm going to get baptized too. So it was like wow. two more baptismal dates. And just like this, it was just so cool. Like, again, it wasn't me. It was God showing this elder that, that he is in control. And it was just so cool to see these miracles all so compact that God blessed us to, to make a difference in this missionary's life. You know, this is as much as it was for these people who are going to choose to be baptized it was for this missionary to know that you know, God is aware of him and that this is his work. And if we, if we put forth our efforts, if we open our mouths, he's going to, he's going to fill them. He's going to do the rest. So anyway, it was just a, like a jam packed, you know, yeah, two hours. Like, <laughs> I don't remember how that day go. It's like, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. totally remember. So doesn't get lost in the shuffle a day like that. Help me understand because like that, what you, everything you described is very not like the experience that I had on, on my mission. At least like I saw miracles too, but they were, you know, different than, it sounds like you, you went to a person, you talked to them and then you asked them to pray about being baptized. And that was, was that like a common thing? Like we're just going to talk about baptism right off the bat. Yeah. It was, it was never, um, it was never like you were beating around the bush, you know, like you help them see exactly where they were, where they were headed and that your purpose there was to help them to come unto Jesus Christ through, through these steps. So that was something that, yeah, we were encouraged to do you know, from the first, first visit, you know, once the spirit is there, testify of it and invite them to act on it, make yeah. them, help them to choose to make a change, difference in their life. And again, these people, a lot of them are very accepting right from the beginning. And so it's often 
the steps afterward that mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. teaching the covenant that comes with baptism right. and all the all the things that come with that uh, is where other people would struggle. It wasn't that everyone was just would get baptized, right? But but it was amazing to see that people are willing to make those those changes. And as you teach them, anyway, yeah. it's just it was a wonderful way to see God's hand and see people prepared. It definitely. I think sometimes we put our expectations on people as missionaries and just as people in general, like they probably won't accept baptism off the bat. And then it's like, you invite them and they're like, yeah, like that, if this is true, like, yeah, absolutely. I'll do it. And like, wow. Like if I didn't ask them, if I just assumed that they weren't going to, you know, but you can't, you can't assume what people are going to do ever in this life or, or the power that the spirit has on people. Yeah. And like now, like, I feel like, man, we were bold, you know, like people to make these changes in their life. (laughs) Yeah. But, that was, it was so cool to see that, that people could, you know, and as short as like two weeks of time where they could just change their life around and to see how much they had changed. And, and then they get the Holy ghost and they are able to continue on that path. It was just, it was a, it was eye opening for me to see again, that people can change. You know, yeah. I, I hear president Monson's voice where he would talk about that. We need to bear in mind that people can change, yeah, you know, yeah. like it was just really, what was, what was the talk that he had? He, tigers, what is it? Pe- ti- tigers have stripes. Pe- Oh man, I'm, bu- I'm butchering it. You know where I'm going with this? Like someone the, the someone told him have... like a prisoner, like a, a prison, they're like, hey, you can't like teach these people to like change or whatever. And he's like, tigers have stripes, but people don't. Like people change every day. Yeah. Like don't don't judge anyone. Don't assume that they're always going to be a certain way. We can all change. Mm-hmm. That's the beauty of the gospel. Yeah. So yeah. Culture, cult, culturally down there, you see a lot of people accept the gospel. Well, again, team Jesus, everybody. Yeah. Okay. I'll get baptized. You know, what was, what was one principle of the gospel that, that really hit home and they're like, it, it kind of painted that bigger picture and kind of just solidified that, Hey, this is a restored gospel of Jesus Christ. This isn't just any old baptism, right? What, what was, was it the restoration or the plan of salvation or Joseph Smith or a living prophet today? What was one thing that like was just the, that just, smacked it out of the park for these people? It's a good question. I feel like the restoration was something that was really key in this because to help differentiate what, uh, what they had from what we could add to them, you know? Um, and I think other than that, it really varied. Some people, the plan of salvation, it was exactly what they needed. Others, it was just, it was just recognizing that, that God has the power to change their life now mm-hmm. that, um, they can have happiness now, even in their circumstances, they can have peace, they can have joy. And, um, so helping them to identify what their desire is and then connect that with the gospel that, Hey, if you want to have more peace in your life, live this commandment, you know, mm-hmm. and that's, we kind of just set up that way where it's like, you help them understand that this is what you want. This is how you get it. You know, yeah. it's through the gospel. Um, that's a perfect answer. So, yeah. I was going to ask you, this is kind of like a more vulnerable question, but I'm sure you'll answer it anyways. But what was this, when was a time that you were like struggling the most as a missionary, like struggling with the missionary work or, or whatever? Like what, what was it that you're struggling with? Um, no one goes on their mission and never struggles. Oh yeah. It is full of struggles. Yeah. I, I remember one day where, um, it was in this, this wealthy area where brother Davidson was and we knocked doors literally like, it's like seven or eight hours that day, all day long talking to people. And we had no like lesson set up for like, we got no return appointments that whole day long. I just remember like going to my apartment and just laying on the ground and just being like, what am I doing wrong? You know, <laughs> like why, why isn't this working? And just really feeling uh, down about it. And, um, I mean, it, it's, yeah, it's hard. It's like those days when you're just, you're just feeling rejected. Right. And you're mm-hmm. like, can I keep going? Can I go to another door? Can I do this again? Um, but again, I just, I think as you, as you serve, God really 
has those moments to really pick you up. You know, we'd, we'd, we'd stop, we'd say a prayer, we'd, you know, stop and read our scriptures for a little bit, you know, just do something to try and get the spirit going again in your life. And, um, there's times we, you know, we knocked into a member on accident and then just like, again, seeing someone excited to see you there uh-huh. and it really was just what you needed to go back out there and know, Hey, I see the gospel in their life. I see the difference that they, it's made in them. Let's go share that with others. Yeah. So I think rejection was probably the hardest thing I'd, I'd face was where just rejection and then feeling like I wasn't doing, doing it right, you know? And then the advice for someone that's feeling that right now, what would you say? Um, I think really, I'm, I, I'm sorry if I hit it on this too much, but really that God answers every prayer. And so ask him, ask him for a sign to, you know, to, to lift you up, you know, ask him for a tender mercy. Um, and I think, I think if you're looking for it, you'll really see it. You'll see it come. That's awesome. And I think that's, I think it's kind of something learned. You, you, you shared this in, in the interview that something that you learned about yourself and I'm like jumping to it is that you can be outgoing and that you can talk to people and on your mission, you learn to be super bold. And I love that. It, not only were you bold with other people and like the gospel, but it sounds like you kind of got bold with Heavenly Father. Like, hey, I need this help. Like, I'm struggling. I need this. I need a blessing. I need you to show me something because this is tough, you know? Yeah. I mean, you, your relationship with him becomes more, um, more concrete, right? And more personal. More personal. Yeah. And so it wasn't, it didn't feel like we were demanding things of him. Um, right. But I felt like, like complain your way into you're really, <laughs> yeah, that you're really being vulnerable with him. Like heavenly father, I'm really struggling. Like yeah. I need this help. Like I, we, we need something to, to help me out. You know, I just give me a sign that, you know, you're, you're aware of me as I'm trying to do your work, you know, and, and he never failed to deliver. It's awesome. It's a great testimony. <clears throat> I was going to ask how did, there's a lot of things that you change about your life as a missionary for people that aren't familiar, you're preaching the gospel basically from like 10 a.m. till 10 p.m., 9.30, 9 p.m. You eat an hour a day or whatever, and then you're studying like two, three hours a day. And one thing that you also do is you plan every single day and you journal. You're you're asked to journal. How did journaling affect you on your mission and kind of life afterwards? Yeah, well, I am. Um, did you journal before your mission? I, you know, we'd had family night lessons about it, you know, trying to <laughs> teach us to do it. And it's like, so if you look at my journals I had before. <laughs> oh, those journals. You do it for like, you know, like four when days. I was eight, eight years old, you know, and like, and then when I was 12 years old, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. a couple years later. Yeah. But it's been so amazing to see, again, to see God's hand in my life as I've recorded so both the day of writing things down gives you a chance to reflect back and see how God has been in your, in your life and say, you know, that actually was a blessing. I, I didn't notice that before. But one thing, um, I don't know, a couple of years after my mission, I was reading through my journal, my mission journal at one point, And I realized that the first person that I ended up teaching that got baptized, we found like the day that we were fasting. And like I'd written in my journal that we, we fasted a day to call down the blessings of heaven, you know, and help us to have success in this way. And that we, so we had fasted a day and we had served a member and then the referral was given to us. And I didn't connect the two dots before that. That referral came on the day that we were fasting. It was an answer to your prayer. Like it was like a direct answer to my prayer. And I I hadn't even known it. And I wouldn't have known it unless I'd written it down in my journal mm-hmm. and had a chance to reflect back on it again. Um, and so that has been key. My mission president encouraged us before we left that we write down a hundred things we've learned from our mission. And so having that as a kind of a record of just, you know, you know, quick, fast things that I learned on my mission um, is also a great blessing to be able to look back on that. I knew that, you know, like now it's like, oh, I forgot that I knew that, you know, yeah, I need to remember yeah, yeah. that and apply that now or anyway, it's just been a, a huge blessing for me to see God's hand in my life as I write in the journal and reflect. Awesome. Um, here we go. This is kind of like my last mission question. So if you have anything else you want to well, say, 
I got to, let me yeah. jump in there real quick. I'm, I'm getting more like reflective <laughs> questions coming up. You know, I, I really like that hundred, you know, what did you learn? How, one thing I want to start getting more and more into in season two is how your mission kind of prepared you for the rest of your life. Right. So it sounded like you, you learned how to be bold. You learned that heavenly father answers your prayers, but how did that help you? Like in going like to BYU yeah. in finding a wife, I see you got a ring on your finger in deciding what you want to study and what career you want to get into. What were the, what were some of those things that like, because you had served a mission, it was just that much easier to remember and make those decisions. Yeah. Well, um, one, again, like I was super shy in, in like high school and before I, I, I could hardly talk to people, especially girls, you know, it's just <laughs> not a thing. I'm do. not going to lie. When Daniel got married, I was like, what? Did he get married before you? <laughs> he got married before me and I'm not like super outgoing, but I'm, I'm a little more outgoing than <laughs> yeah. you. Know, yeah. like, How did he do that? Oh, that's good. Yeah, that's like, good. Honestly, like that was like legit. One of my fears was like <laughs> growing up was like, I wouldn't be confident enough to talk to a girl to get married. You, know? <laughs> you just be single the rest of your yeah, life. Yeah. And, um, but, uh, is, I mean, I met my wife actually kind of through a referral her, I worked with her older brother. And so it was kind of a cold call. Like, Hey, I, I am, I worked with your brother. You know, like you want to go on a date, you know? And like, <laughs> and like those kind of, those kind of things, talking to people that way was I, my mission skills. Something with that. I knew how to like start a conversation and talk to somebody mm-hmm. is the ones afterwards. It was like, Oh shoot. Now she knows like that. I like her. That was a later thing. But uh, did you ask her to be married on the first date? Like you would ask people to be married. <laughs> progresses, we will be married. <laughs> yeah. Like you would, the purpose of this meeting, is, yeah. <laughs> you know, you, you ask them to be baptized within the first conversation, yeah. you know, it's just a, just throwing it out there. Yeah. <laughs> Not quite that much. No. Um, but so being able to talk with people, that was something that I really learned a lot and learning the joy of relationships. Like that was, I feel like one of the best things that came away with my mission was, was just that relationships are some of the most valuable things that you have in this life. You know, it didn't matter that I, you know, any souvenirs I brought back from Florida, uh, what mattered was the people and the souvenirs only had meaning if it was like from Connected a person, to a you know, person. Like yeah. one of the yeah. kids gave me a little Pokemon card, but like, I love that Pokemon card because I got it from this little girl, you know, or anyway, like those kind of things, just relationships are what's most important. And so that was a key thing to, you know, focus my life on not getting down in distractions with other things in this world, you know, is that relationships are important. So develop those with my family and with, with others too. That's awesome. Um, obviously learning how to uh, communicate with God and receive answers from him. Um, it's a really important thing. And as you're, I, I kind of had knew what I wanted to do with for my, for my major, but even now I still don't exactly know what I want to do with my degree afterwards. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but I, I feel confident. I've felt peace as we've prayed about it, that this is the right thing to do and that God's going to direct us from it. And so um, learning to have peace with that and trust that he's going to bring the opportunities when it comes. Um, so that's another key skill. I feel like I got learning how to work hard, right. And mm-hmm. work at something, um, not give up on it. Be diligent, yeah. study. And communication, right? Like with a companion, you need to learn to communicate, right? Like life is so much better if you, if you talk about the, if there's any issues going on, you know, if you talk about it, it's going to get so much better rather than leaving it not talked about. And it just causes strain and you just don't jive as much. So yeah. Communication is huge. If you feel it, address it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, th- Zach, that was a good question. Like we, we definitely need to go more into. I just feel like, you know, growing up. You, you know, if you have three, three older brothers and a sister or two older brothers and a sister go before you, you get, you get to see how much that mission impacts their life. Right. And when they come home, they're a changed person, yeah. right? Literally like totally different. They're two years older. They're totally different. Um, 
but for some people that might not have had those examples, right? They, they might in the ward, go see people go away and come back, but it's like, okay, what, what else do you get? You know, I mean, we hear all these amazing stories of all these miracles, but I think what a lot of people or where that book kind of closes is, okay, how did that help you in the next chapter of the book of your life, right? When you're going to school or, or at work or negotiating or something like that. So yeah, I think that's important that we talk a little bit more about that because I know the, what I learned on my mission is eternal, right? It'll stick with me for the rest of my life. Yeah. So you had mentioned that you served as a district leader and in, in other leadership positions and in, in on your mission. What lessons did you learn about leadership or that, that you want to pass on to like leaders in the church? Yeah. Um, leadership really is a chance to love. And that was what was so cool to see as I, as I was in a district leader position and zone leader position and, and got to serve with the president for a while too, is that every time you had a chance to serve someone, you had a chance more to love them. And, and that came, I, I learned like there's this law of opposition that the more you can feel love and joy for someone, the more you can feel sorrow too. And so, um, you, I feel like you experience that in degrees as you, as you had the chance to serve more people. Um, I, you know, I, as a district leader, I was stressed out and worried about my district and wanting, wanting them to be successful, wanting to know what, what they needed, praying about them. And there was some low times in my mission from that, you know, as you're trying to serve these people, but then having powerful experiences, teaching them or having the spirit talk to you about this is what they need or having those ways of, of really impacting their life, um, was just a blessing. So it's a blessing to be able to serve and, it's a chance to love. Yeah. One thing I love that you wrote down, if I can find it. Oh man, I don't know if I'm going to be able to find it. You had written down, you, you know, leadership is a chance to love, but also the answer. Oh yeah. 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 Where, so, where did you get this quote? So, um, actually a couple of different places, but it's a big theme in my, my wife's family. Her grandpa would always say the answer is more love. Now, what was the question? <laughs> uh, yeah. It doesn't matter what the question is. The answer is more love. If you can, any way that you can do anything, the answer to all, all questions is to choose to love somebody more. And sometimes it's hard to figure out what is the way to show them love. But that is, if you have that mentality of that, I need to show love to this person rather than I need to discipline this person or right. whatever else. That's a know. great question. How can I show more love? That's a very wise man. So, so kind of wrapping up and reflecting more back on your mission. What, what about mission life do you miss the most? Um, well, mission is a ton of fun. I haven't touched on that a lot, but like, it's a, it's a blast. You know, oh, yeah. there's times when you're, uh, because a lot of times in my mission, uh, you have YSA covers covering the same area as the English and the Spanish. And so they have like, you know, sometimes we had four or six missionaries, like all in the same like house or apartment kind of thing. And just like having these people around you just to come back to and chill with and chat with and have a fun time with, like, that was so fun. Yeah. Mission was a fun My companion said, if you're not doing it right, you're not having, or you're not doing it right. If you're not having fun, you're not doing it right. Yeah. <laughs> and so I loved having those close relationships with people, um, with companions and with others. Like that was so fun to have all the time. And, and again, I think you guys have touched on it in previous episodes, but just having the, uh, a clear and distinct purpose yeah. Like yeah. every day, you know what you're going to do. You're going to be going out and teaching people. You're going to be going out and sharing your testimony of God and Jesus Christ. And having that was, um, as your only focus was so refreshing and so just, um, driving, it really helped you. Anyways, I, just, I felt like I never improved more in my life than in that time because I had this one goal and I could always improve to become more like my savior. And so I, I've made a lot of changes in my life because I had this one, one perfect, one purpose. So. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's definitely easier. And I think that's a lesson for a lot of us is there's so many different goals that we can have, like have one really good goal and work towards that and kind of let the other ones, you know, prioritize under that. Yeah. Um, let's see. How did your relationship with the savior change from going into the mission versus afterwards? Yeah, I, I had had a strong testimony that Jesus Christ was real before I, before I left. I knew he was a real person, but throughout my mission, I came to know him. He, as I, as I served him and as I had the chance to bear testimony of him, almost every time you meet someone, you know, I am a representative of Jesus Christ and to have his name on your chest, you know, like it, I don't know, he became even more of like, I knew that he was real, but now he was, he was my savior, not just the savior. Does that make sense? Like mm -hmm. it, it was, it became more personal. And I, I just felt a closeness to him that I, I've really felt that he is a part of this work, that he was very much involved and that he knew each of these people that I was talking to and that he loved them so much. And having a chance, those moments when you could feel that love for these people, even if someone had just rejected you, you know, but just to feel an incredible amount of love for that person to the point that you were, you were sad, not that you'd just been rejected, but that this person was denying their savior, a chance to come to close to their savior it was just an amazing experience that bonded me to, to him more than anything else I could have done. Isn't that the craziest, that's the most difficult thing to describe as a missionary when someone like to someone that's not a member of the church or someone that hasn't gone on a mission yet is there's moments when you're being rejected and in the moment that you're being rejected by someone and it might be like mean and yeah. like nasty about it. And yet you feel something and it's a spirit and it's just like this overwhelming amount of love. And it's just like, I feel bad for you. Yeah. The Lord loves you so much. And like, I can feel his love for you right now. And I'm really sorry that you're rejecting me. Yeah. And you're like not mad at them. Like you just feel bad. Yeah. But that's a beautiful, yeah. it's a beautiful, weird thing to experience that. <laughs> I'm chuckling because there was a, that similar situation on my mission. And I asked this lady, I was like, do you have a Bible? And she like chuckled. She's like, you didn't think I'd have one, did you? And I was like, okay, where is it? And I wrote my name in there like, <laughs> hey, I tried my hardest, elder man. <laughs> I gave it back to her. But yeah, it was because I was like genuinely like, come on, lady. No. You're, you're hurting me more than you know, you know, <laughs> I'm getting like all emotional remembering my feelings in there. It sounds, I, I chuckle cause it sounds funny, but at the same time, it's like you, you learn to, you find these, this, this other gear, this like emotion that you have just towards random people, you know, cause you start looking at them as, you know, sons and daughters of heavenly father. Yeah. I think of like, um, Nephi, his experience you know, at the end of, you know, Nephi 32 or 33, Second Nephi 33, when he's, you know, I, I'm praying for my people and, you know, my, my, I'm, you know, wetting my pillow with my tears and, or the experience of Enoch and seeing God weep over his children and just to have an, a chance to feel a portion of that love, the incredible amount of love that God and Jesus Christ have for these people. Um, I mean, just, it helped me to, to know that God and Jesus Christ are real and that they have feelings like I do and that they experience incredible sorrow because of these decisions and, but also incredible joy, greater joy than we can imagine. Yeah. And it just, mm -hmm. anyway, I, did, I felt that closeness to them because we were feeling the same thing for this person. That's awesome. I've got two more questions. I'm going to ask you to bear your testimony at the end. That's my last question. And then this question is you have three sons. Yeah. And they may choose to not go on a mission, but why should they consider going on a mission? 
Well, there's a million reasons. Um, I would hope that's because they've learned to love God. Because they've learned in a, in a small way, just like what we talked about, that they that what they have is an incredible blessing and that God loves all his children so much that he wants to share it with them and that they are, are here on this earth for that purpose to bring his children back to him. Um, I'd hope that they feel that, 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 I guess that love, that love for God's children. Awesome. Daniel, wrapping up, would you mind sharing your testimony? Yeah, I'd love to. Um, I really know that God and Jesus Christ live. I know that they hear and answer our prayers. I, I know that. I see that every day now. I know that this gospel that they have brought is true, that the gospel taught by the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints is the true gospel that would bring happiness, that would bring joy to our lives now, um, that it's not something that's just future, that has to change with your circumstances, but that right now we can have that joy. I know they, that God and Jesus Christ love us so much and are aware of what we're going through. They know our feelings. They know our struggles. And I know that they're anxious to help us. I, I know that Joseph Smith is a prophet of God. I know that he saw what he said he saw. And again, it's a manifestation of God's love to us. I know that the Book of Mormon is the word of God. I feel the spirit every time I open it. Every time I open its pages and begin to read with a real desire then the spirit is brought into my heart. I know these things are true. And again, I know that God loves each one of his children so much. And I share that in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Daniel, thanks again for, for coming on and being our guinea pig to be filmed yeah, as, yeah. As, we, as we do this. Yeah. But I, I appreciate it. And uh, I don't know. I feel like I haven't said much about my friends as they've been interviewed. Like I'd like to, this is kind of, a way to do like kind of family history, like to record something yeah. that it's going to be semi-permanent, yeah. oh, at yeah. least on the internet. Yeah. <laughs> but Oh, like, it's permanent. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's forever. But like whenever we listen to this, I want my friends and people to know that I know that Daniel Free is a good man. Daniel's always been a great friend, a kind, gentle, good person. And uh, I just want it to be recorded that I, I know you're a good person. <laughs> I don't know if you could say the do same you, about me, but he, oh. do you owe him something? <laughs> no, no. I just, it's been six years since I last seen Daniel. I know this is awesome. Daniel's a little good, reunion good right here. It's been a long time, but I'm I'm glad that you came and on your on your break to come share your testimony well, with us. I've really appreciated you guys doing this. Um, it's been a blessing for me listening to these podcasts to reflect back on my own experiences and to rejoice again in the great things that God has, has shown me. And anyway, it's, it's just been a blessing for me. So thanks for letting me come on. Awesome. awesome. To prepare the call to remind the return. Yeah, so that's right. That's what we're here for. Well, we're going to wrap this up. I still am terrible at wrapping up. episodes. <laughs> I, I we thought, don't have an outro yet for yeah, season two. I, so we'll make one and throw it on <laughs> here, but thanks for tuning in and, um, hit us up on. Thanks Facebook for watching. Yeah, yeah. Watching. And uh, tell your family and friends, like, and subscribe. I'm going to throw, I'll throw some people under the bus. We've got like 5,000, 6,000 downloads and we've got like 23, 24 reviews. So there's a lot of people that could give us some reviews. Yeah, on Apple. Yeah. On Apple. <laughs> no, don't worry about it. It's all right. <laughs>